0: scripture today is Romans 2, 1 and 2. You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. We're down in chapter two. I'm finally, I think I preached five messages out of chapter one, and we're in chapter two now. And and George did an excellent job of reading those two verses. I probably will not discuss the two verses. And you'll say, Why did he have? Because I want to talk about one word in these two verses. Matter of fact, in chapter two it is mentioned several times. It talks about righteous judgment. It talks about passing judgment. It, it talks about um, one another judging each other. And I want to talk about the word, the word judgment. If you want a good definition, you need to go to the Webster's Dictionary. It's 18. Jim, what is that year? that, that 1828 Webster Dictionary has the best definitions. At, at Webster did a great job that year. It has better uh, biblical definitions. Matter of fact, if a word relates to a Christian principle, he mentions it in the definition. It's absolutely a wonderful dictionary, 1828. I always forget the year. We use it in our men's Bible study. And Jim's always the one, and George brings them up, and we we had just a great time. But judgment, we may, judgment is basically making an observation of everything around you and then looking at what you observe and then making the decision based on the information that you have. That's what it is. But one of the things about judgment, judgment also applies. Guess what it's a, it also applies to? It applies to your own personal observation of the situation as you have been affected. Now I want to talk about one a couple things. Number 1, there is nobody in this building today who has not been hurt by someone else. Did you know that? If you're in a family, that's obvious. If you're in a church, that's obvious. There are people within this church that have hurt other people. It's obvious. There is nobody in here who has never hurt someone. We have all hurt someone, whether by intent or whether by mistake, unintentionally. And when someone is hurt, they make a judgment. When you hurt someone, you make a judgment. Okay? There are several different ways to look at judgment. We're going to look at several of them, not all of them, because there are several ways. The first one is when a woman is cooking. um, I used to sit and talk to my mother while she cooked. Did you know women talk to themselves when they cook and they're not talking to you? Did you know my mother always talked to herself? She said, oh, I need more salt in this. Or I put too much salt. Or this needs more celery. Jeannie's the same way. And while she's listening to me talk to her while she's cooking, she's talking to herself and making judgments about what the food should taste like. And when they do their their best discussion, the food is absolutely delicious. Amen? No (laughs) amen? Men, you should have all said amen. (laughs) And so that's a judgment. And you are glad that your wife makes that judgment. And men, when you're working on a car, you listen to what the car does. You watch it to see what it does. You listen to them start it. You you listen to the vacuum system, the exhaust system. uh, You listen to see if the brakes are, are rubbing. When a wife says, oh, it makes this noise, you have no idea what's wrong with the car. And when you say, is it like that? They'll say, well, maybe, <laughs> or say, I don't know. And so what, what a man does is he goes out and he looks and listens to the car, looks underneath the car and watches to see if something's loose. He makes judgments on how to repair the car or the diesel engine or the small engine or whatever it is. That's making a judgment. Okay. There's another judgment. It's a judgment that automatically happens because all judgments happen automatically. There's a judgment that occurs when somebody hurts you. And you have to make a judgment to admit you're hurt. Write that down. In a judgment, if someone hurts you, you must admit that somebody hurt you. That's called confession. God, I'm hurt. God already knows you're hurt. The second thing that has to happen in a judgment is am I going to forgive this person or am I going to become bitter about it? Now stop and think. I've made both judgments. The second time I've made both judgments. I've held grudges, got bitter, and I forgave. Let me tell you about, in judgment, I can say, okay, I forgive in Jesus' name, but the pain doesn't go away. When the pain is not healed yet, guess what happens with the judgment? I come back to the original judgment about that person and that situation and that pain. I come back to it. I forgive. The pain is there. It comes back and another event, another time, another information, and it raises up the pain inside of you, and the judgment you realize is still there. That's happened to me very recently. And I said, oh, Lord, that's not healed. It was old. It was old. It happened a long time ago. That personal judgment, believe it or not, injures you because it keeps God from you. Here is this judgment. Down here I am in pain. And if I do not forgive, my judgment keeps God from being it. it keeps him from healing us. And when it doesn't heal, then this pain will grow like it will fester. It becomes like a pus pocket. Excuse me for all those who are upset about that. It becomes a pus pocket inside. And it gets bigger. And when somebody mentions it, it blows up. It happens. It happens to me. It happens to you. I love first John 1 9. If you say you don't have sin, if you don't have pain, you're, you're a liar because it's there. The other thing that it does, when it prevents God from coming down, it also, for your bitterness and unforgiveness, keeps God from working on the people that hurt you. Now, I'm going to use some specific situations here. If you're a parent, listen to this and your children hurt you and you don't forgive them you are hindering God's ministry to them by your bitterness do you hear that if your children does not do not act or think the way you think God would want them to, and it affects you. If your husband or wife is a certain way and you don't forgive, your unforgiveness is a judgment, and it prevents God from working on the person who is hurting you. Do you hear that? It happens with races of people. Did you know? The Arabs and the Jewish people. There's unforgiveness and bitterness there. Because of who? Esau and Isaac? Not Isaac. (laughs) Thank you, Brian. My lexicon over here. that prevents things from happening that God wants to happen the harmony to be there whites blacks asians filipinos africans venezuelans mexico people in texas people in pennsylvania do you ever hear people talk about people from Pennsylvania? I saw people say, yeah, it's true. It, it happens. And, and that judgment we make keeps God. It, he will not override your judgment. In order for him to work, he must override your judgment. So what do you do? You have to over and over and over again. Whenever God brings this person and this pain to your mind, you must forgive them. Seventy times seven in a day. If necessary. And while you're in the act of forgiveness, you'll say, oh my goodness, this pain's so big. He'll he'll never be able to know. In the act of repentance, our judgment is canceled. And God sees that we want him to work in this person's life in that situation. It does not have to be completely healed, which would be a good question. Wow. Forgive in Jesus' name. I forgive them in Jesus' name. And then there, there is the judgment that's going on here in verse 2. Uh, these people who, in Rome, who have come to know Christ, and they live in the most uh, sinful, um, depraved society on the face of the earth that we're aware of in Scripture... It's really bad. And when they give their heart to the Lord, they are coming out of that depravity. They're walking out of darkness, as we talked about last week, and they're beginning to walk in the light. And one of the things that happen is when you are in darkness, guess what you do? You judge everything and everybody when you're in darkness, you judge everything and everybody. Why? There is no sovereign Lord to intervene. Do you understand what I'm saying? So every, everybody and everybody that has pain in your life that is in darkness have no God to intervene. They don't know the God who reconciles and transforms. And they, they don't, see what they're doing. And and he says to them, he says you who pass judgment on someone else for at whatever point you judge another, you're condemned already. He says this in chapter 5 of the book of Matthew where he says, uh, when he's talking about the Lord's Prayer, and he says, forgive one another So I can forgive you or you could be a part of it. He's saying that for me to participate in the redemption of Christ, the transformation of Jesus, the the renewing of my relationship with God, I must learn to live as Jesus did. Jesus commanded us to forgive even as he has forgiven us. The problem here is we don't understand the nature of God. We're afraid that let's listen, listen this. Is care, listen carefully. Would you all listen carefully? We don't think God's a good enough judge. We think we're a better judge than God, and so we judge. When Jesus tells us in John chapter three verse. 16, he says, you're condemned already. You and I are condemned already. The people that they're talking about, the people that were going to the, the goddesses of house of worshiping and prostitution and abusing children and all the things that were going on, they're condemned already. We don't have to condemn them. The people that are going to the vomitoriums—they're condemned already. The people who are going to the Colosseum and just loved murder and chaos and violence—they're condemned already. The people who go to the the sophisticated, educated intellectual, philosophical programs that went on in Rome where they raise humanity up and they place God down or or divinity down. It says they're condemned already. That's what it says. And he's saying, listen, You're a born-again Christian. Jesus Christ walked walked you out of darkness into light. He redeemed you and he forgave you of everything. He says the judgment that you're judging on these people is unholy and ungodly because I, the living God, I'm in charge. See, it's called Lordship. When Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, when Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, then he's in charge of everything, even your pain. You know that? He's in charge of my pain. He knows how it happened. He knows how it works on you. He's in charge of your society. He knows how your what your income is and what you need to live. It is through forgiveness in giving up your judgment. Okay. Now there's a last kind of judgment I want to talk about. Oh, well, there's two. I gotta mention one before I mention the last one. There are others, but these the last two the The other one is that uh I do not have enough information to know whether or not you're going to go to heaven or not. Did you know that? Who has all the information necessary to know whether you're going to go to heaven? Jesus Christ does right? And so I must leave that up to him because number one, I don't know where you are in your spiritual growth. Okay? He does. And he knows whether you are having victories or whether you're caught neutral for a while or whatever going on. But he he knows. So, So judgment from God I want to confuse it. Forgive me, Lord. Judgment from God, we must let Him do it. He knows where you're at. So I can't say whether you're going to heaven or not. But I'm stuck. As a pastor, God calls me to shepherd people. Now, shepherding is an interesting process because in shepherding, I need to, a shepherd needs to know their sheep. I don't need to know Andy's group of sheep over here. I need to know my sheep, okay? So therefore, I need to be led by the Spirit of God so that he can help me gather the information spiritually to show me where you are as a group of believers or as individuals. And I must walk that thin line of judging to see whether or not you're following Christ or whether you're living in fear or unconfessed sin, whatever's going on. But I must love you just like a farmer loves his sheep, just like a shepherd loves his sheep. we do everything in the world for him. That was a hard thing for me to learn. I didn't understand it. I wasn't raised in the church. I'm getting better at it amen I hope so say I hope so <laughs> I hope so Mike. My hope is that and the last thing about judgment, you, you hear people I heard people say, remember when Katrina came ashore and it hit New Orleans remember that you, you know where it, when it happened. you worked at FEMA. You know it was a catastrophe. You know what, and it grieves me, you know what the church was saying? God is judging New Orleans. Why? Because they have uh, that Mardi Gras full of homosexuality and all the drinking and prostitution, drug addiction, all that kind of, just like Rome. (laughs) God is judging. Well, they're condemned already. Okay. Can I? I want God to judge me. I don't want a church to judge me. Even though they do, they're making judgments of me right now. I don't want the elders to judge me. I want God to judge me. I love God's judgment. Why would I love judgment? The reason I love judgment is for what reason? Because God's judgment is just. It's full of tr- truth. It's full of redemption. It's full of reconciliation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So if, if somebody or if God comes and t- reveals to you a sin, don't be upset that God's judging you. He loves you. It says in Hebrews that a father punishes his chi- child. Child. If he doesn't love his child, he won't punish him. So the judgment that goes on from God, we must welcome. That's why we're in repentance. That's why we're in Lent right now. This is not to see how bad you are. It's to see how much God loves you. Now, you need to understand this. So why do you need to understand this? Because if I have a perverted view of God's judgment in my life, I will look at him like an ogre that just wants to tell me what to do and does not want to let me live my life the way I want to. You understand why we need to understand this? Because if God is coming and speaking to your heart about something, my heart about something, it's because He wants to transform you into the image of Christ. He does He does not want to do something and transform you in some way so that uh, you can be damaged or neglected. Or denied something. He judges you so that you can be transformed into his image. He wants you to be like Christ. That's what judgment's all about. And Paul was trying to straighten out. In Romans chapter 2, what he's trying to straighten out is their understanding of judgment. Why? When they were in darkness, they judged everything and now they're in the light, they need to understand the biblical, the Christ-centered judgment of God. Do you you hear people in the homosexual community, in the drug community, in any community where, where people run lawless in darkness, do you hear what they say? Quit judging me. You just, you're just uh, condemning me. You're arrogant. You're selfish. You're... And uh, the truth is, they're only trying to teach them God's truth. So our attitude must be to be transformed into the image of Christ. Our attitude is to, to want to be judged by God. I had a basketball coach, and his name was Rice. George Rice. Um, and when I was in the ninth grade, I played on a basketball team and George was our, um, uh, coach Martino was our coach. And we had an excellent team, I thought, and we won the, the county, Harrison County ninth grade tournament and nobody came near us. And I thought, well, when I get to high school, We're going to show those guys. And we got to the first practice. And he said, we didn't shoot foul shots right. I thought, well, I made 50% of my foul shots. He says, no, you're supposed to make 98% of your foul shots. He says, you guys don't know how to rebound. You don't know how to guard somebody. He made judgments on, on the team that won the county. You understand? How dare he? Well, he transformed the way we play basketball into a powerhouse. Judgment is good. And he wants us to learn what the right judgment is. Now, in order to do that, you're going to have to ask God to take away your flesh. Because remember, we, we always have a tendency to judge ourselves in an unhealthy way. So we need to say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit every day. Somebody says, well, I'm baptized with the Spirit. It needs to happen every day. The Spirit of God has got to come to you every day. Why? Because you cannot live a Christian life without the leading of the Spirit. Paul teaches it through Romans and through his epistles. Okay? Oh, read. Remember, uh, George read verse 2. Read that over and over again this week. Because we're going come back to it and we're going to look at its application. By the way, if you don't want to do what God says, you're in verse 5, and we'll get to it next week. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, those are two judgments about that Paul makes on these people. Do you hear that? You have children that are stubborn and unrepentant. Did you know that? Ask Jeannie on her birthday. She'll tell you there are times I am stubborn and unrepentant. Thanks, Patrick or George. You two together is dangerous. You two. All right, we're going to ask the band to come. Let's stand, and I want to pray for you. Father, uh, I, I tried to teach what you taught me, and you know I'm a poor teacher. But please, I yield this biblical truth over to your spirit and take it and translate it into the the pure truth of the living God. And allow these people's hearts to hear this truth so that they can know that your judgment upon them is pure and truthful, healing, redemptive, and powerful. Just help them to understand how to forgive others and release your d- our judgment into your hands so you can be God in the lives of the people who hurt us and damaged us to show us how this works. I pray that you do all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.